You're listening to the official podcast of Asbury University, produced by students with God-honoring conversations that inform, edify, and encourage. This is Asbury. We explore culture and current topics through a Christian worldview, promoting a well-balanced life, and we empower our community to belong, become, and be set apart. I'm your host, Abby Lobb. Welcome to This is Asbury. to this marriage conference and afterwards I went up to one of the speakers and I said, you know that part where you tell us to love our wives like Christ loved the church? It works. Our marriage was terrible. Terrible. Things have been rocky for quite some time, but then things just got colder and colder and colder. Yeah. Well, one night I come home from work. I sit down to eat. I take a bite and oh, what is this stuff? Tastes like dog food. And you said what? I said, what? No, I said, this tastes like dog food, and you said what? Oh, I said, if you don't like it, don't eat it. So, next night, I come home from work, I sit down to eat, I take a bite, and... Ah! What is this stuff? Well, last night, you said my meal tasted like dog food, so I wasn't going to waste my time making anything special for you. So what is this? It's dog food with bits of real beef. Things were pretty bad. They were bad. I got this free registration to this marriage conference. I thought, hey, it's free. What can it hurt? I ended up giving my life to the Lord. Tina here, on the other hand, hated it. I walked out. Right in the middle of the women's session. Came and found me in the middle of the men's session. Told me to take her home. And he did. But then I went back and I finished the weekend by myself. Weeks passed, months passed. I asked her to forgive me. I was working hard to love her and to serve her. The schmuck won my heart. Yeah, I did. We started going to church, started going to a Bible study, and eventually Tina asked Jesus to become Lord of her life. That was good. So here we are, one year later. And just because I love him, I took a cooking class. That was fantastic. Well, that really was Professor Carol Anderson Shores and Dr. Jim Shores of Asbury. Welcome, you guys. That was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Tell me what we just heard. What, What kind of work do you all do outside of Asbury? Well, we have a professional Christian theater company, and we have... Written material and toured for what, Carol? A lot of years. A lot of years. (laughs) Longer than we care to admit. Yeah. It's Um, called Acts of Renewal. And we look at that title because theater used to glorify God, that is just good quality story, can be embedded with truths that um, renew the heart, give us fresh perspective, make us laugh, and do good. Yeah. Yeah. You've been married for a lot of years, too, right? How long have you been married? 31 years. Wow. Do I yes. have that right? Yep. Fantastic. So we did our first national conference a week before our wedding, oh. and we do not recommend that to anyone. <laughs> yeah, and it was on the other side of the country, too. Yeah. That's so, great. But this was, um, we're both actors, we're both writers, and this was an outgrowth of us coming together, and it was just really what God you know, gave to us, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really a calling. Yeah. 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 So you're, you're teaching at Asbury. You're doing these, these marriage re- retreats and mm-hmm. conferences and helping people basically learn to 
communicate better with their spouses ultimately. That's what it boils down to. Is that correct? Yeah, we do that. We, we have a big focus on encouraging mm-hmm. couples mm-hmm. because there's a lot of discouragement right mm-hmm. now for the worth of marriage, you know, just yeah. move on kind of thing. And we look at what is the blessing of marriage Mm -hmm. and try to really um, speak into couples' lives in a great way of encouraging through theater, through speaking. We combine both um, our performances. We weave them into speaking at date nights and retreats and things like that. And, um, yeah, our big thing is get them to laugh, get them to relax, get them to talk to each other and rediscover each other in new ways. I was going to say, we've had some wonderful opportunities. Uh, We have written for Family Life for a long time now. Um, We've written for and performed for Focus on the Family. And for a time, they were doing these huge sports arena events, and especially Family Life, like Rekindling the Romance, and I Still Do conferences. And you would get these, I mean, sometimes, I think the largest audience we had was 19,000 people, like in... Chicago, you know, where the Bulls play. And it was so amazing to see this arena packed with married couples working, you know, trying to work on their marriage. And some of them would literally write in later after the conference and say, we had the divorce papers out on the kitchen table. And this conference was a last ditch effort. And if it didn't help, we were just going to go home and sign them. And of course, they're writing this letter to say, we did not sign Mm. them. Right. And And so that first piece that you just heard was an actual letter that was sent in. (laughs) Yes. I I read that. And I thought, oh, my gosh, we could turn this into something. So we did. Someone actually fed their husband dog food for dinner. Yes. Yes. 100%. Yeah. No, that's great. Well, this is coming out on Valentine's Day, and we all know, you know, Valentine's Day couples, whether they're a happy couple or not, you know, there's this attempt to kind of rekindle, mm-hmm. you go on a big date, and then it just mm-hmm. kind of falls flat. You know, we all know there's so much more that goes into a healthy marriage. So what are some of these, uh, you all have talked about surprising habits of highly successful couples. Can you all talk about what those habits are and what that research is? Yeah. Yeah, this is by um, Shante and Jeff Feldham, who are analysts. Um, and they um, they did a study um, where, why don't you tell about their well, study? Well, they, um, I think it was over 2,000 people so over, I think it was 1,200 couples, and they gave a questionnaire to them asking them what their habits were in marriage. And they had to take it separately so they mm-hmm. couldn't confer with each other. And they would rate their marriage as either highly happy, happy, or struggling. And then they would put the uh, surveys back together, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the couples back together. And the ones who both rated their marriages as highly happy, then they looked at the habits of those marriages. And so there were some really simple things like men love being thanked. Uh, That's like the number one across whether they're highly happy or struggling. Mm. That was the number one thing that men appreciated. Mm. Yeah. So you see what they did. You notice and you say thank you. And you don't say thank you, but did you do this? It's just a thank you, full stop. And for women, like one of them, so simple, was uh, he calls me or texts me in the middle of the day to Mm -hmm. ask me how I'm doing or to say that he's thinking of me. It's so... So simple. So simple. Yeah. Um, And then, but a big one that really impacted us, I would say, (laughs) is um, giving the best possible interpretation to your spouse's actions. So rather than... uh, 
you know, viewing their motivation as being dark, like they just did that to drive me insane. <laughs> they have been put on earth and they married me to make me crazy. No, they are a human being living life and they probably were doing the best they could. And there's a wonderful explanation for whatever this is. <laughs> so they talked about one of the um, habits that highly happy couples share is that they believe the, their spouse has their back. Mm -hmm. And that there's, even if they don't understand uh, a behavior, they will, that person is innocent until proven guilty versus guilty until proven innocent. Yeah. So that one, honestly, has been a big learning curve for me yeah. to um, just say, well, there must be a good explanation for why he wanted that information immediately. Mm. I dropped everything, got it to him, call, and now his phone goes to voicemail. Yeah. So <laughs> then I do find out that there is a reason. Yeah. 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 So you all, it sounds like you're drawing from some personal stories as well. Were there some periods in your own marriage that were a little tougher than others? Um, the no. whole thing. The whole <laughs> thing. <laughs> kidding. Well, this is news. Yeah, this is, no. No, I mean, we're, I think we're like any couple. We drive each other crazy sometimes. We're both artists, you know. Yeah. I, I would say our big issue is that we think things really loudly and never say them out loud, but we think we did. And so we're like, I told you that. And the other person's like, no, you didn't. And I'm like, yes, I did. No, I didn't. I mean, it's just, we're like, and then we become toddlers. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I'm sensing a new skit coming oh, out yeah. of this. Yeah. <laughs> what about what about you, Carol? You know, I have to say, I think we've got garden variety stuff. Yeah. That, um I think we, um, I don't know, I think we've had a lot of love mm -hmm. through this whole journey. Yeah. And, and because that... Um, but we're also realistic and we're yeah. down to earth. Yeah. And um, and so I think that's part of our passion for helping other couples. Jim came from a divorced parents mm -hmm. and he grew up seeing a marriage fall apart and the repercussions on the yeah. kids. So he had a heart of passion for how do you get couples to really work together. Mm. For me, I came from a very... Baptist, very Christian, very wildly dysfunctional family. And my parents stayed together, but they had no clue mm. of how to help their marriage. There was nothing available. Right. And so I feel like there is a place where we speak into the Christian world mm. saying we know Jesus, but doesn't mean that marriage can't be a struggle. Yeah. I mean, isn't the divorce rate within the church about the same? No. no. Is it? No? Actually, okay. no. Thank you, Shantae Feltham. Yeah, okay. Yes. Good to know. She, that was that stat that divorce rate for Christian couples is like at 51 percent, just uh -huh. like the rest of the world, is actually not true. It came from a Barna study mm -hmm. where people just simply in the demographic section were asked, you know, are you Muslim, Christian, mm. agnostic, that Buddhist, anything. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then, you know, they kind of correlated that to the divorce rate. And then when she, so she purchased that study, re-ran it. And if you checked the box Christian, there was a second question that said, did you go to church with your spouse last week? Oh, wow. And when she did that, the divorce rate dropped in half to 24%. Okay, that's But good. she really thinks that it's actually lower than that, that it's really around 14% mm. uh, if, if you're really following Christ. Right. And so right. we talk a lot about that when we're presenting. We have a lot of theater pieces that look at... You know, God, Jesus has got to be the foundation for your marriage. We're all broken and we're all needing a savior, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so just kind of reminding people to come back to him daily as a spiritual discipline, right? And just spend time in scripture and praying together and praying for each other is so it's key. It's huge. So we have a whole session that we bring to some of our couples events, and it's called Stress and Marriage. 
and it looks at like what are the antidotes to your personal stress um what do you do as a couple so you're not just blasting out your stress at each other to the person who knows you the best and can Mm -hmm. take it but instead honor your spouse and deal with some of your own stuff. And one of the ways to reduce stress in marriage is one talking with each other about what the stress is. Mm-hmm. So versus letting it just be in the room, mm-hmm. just talk about what you're stressed about. Mm-hmm. That itself will lower some of mm-hmm. that stress feeling. But a big one is praying together. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's the sense that um, when Jim's leaving for the morning, I'll often just if we haven't talked about it already, I'll just say, what is something I could be praying for you about today? Well, that drops everything right Mm -hmm. out from all the, you pick up that, I need just to meet here, do this, that drops it down to what's really going on in my heart. What am I worried about? What am I uh, in my head trying to make sure I've got all the pieces together? It brings it down to what does my husband need? What can I be praying for him about and bringing God into the intimacy of our relationship versus just the business stuff? Um, and I, that is a huge encouragement and reminder that it's not just perfunctory. It's when we pray, we are welcoming God into each other's lives and also into our marriage, and it makes a difference in that stress level. Yeah. Well, lot. it's so easy to fall into those daily, just the logistics of your day as a married couple, and then once you have kids and work, mm-hmm. and it's just it's so easy to get into that habit. And you could see where over time you would gradually just drift, 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 drift. So I love that you said that. It's just putting everything into perspective and keeping mm-hmm. Jesus at the center. Um, sorry, go ahead. So we have, though, a kind of fun one that's, as we talk about the habits of highly happy couples, there was one that that it doesn't matter what sex it is, the same way as thinking the best rather than the worst about your spouse (laughs) when you don't understand something that's happened. Um, So this one is um, a common um, trap that people fall into in their marriages. And so rather than tell you about it, we'll just... You, know, you can hear it in the theater piece, and then we'll unpack it afterwards. Awesome. All right, here we go. Oh, Jan, I am so glad that your day got better. I, you know, I was praying for you. Yeah, well, that's great. Oh, me? Oh, I don't know. It was just a long day, just so many meetings. But, hey, I am on the drive home right now, and tonight is Valentine's. Yeah. Oh, you know, Hal said the most interesting thing this morning. He said tonight would be a night I would never forget. I don't know, but I was so surprised. But the way he said it sounds like he's got something planned. I I don't know. I I guess I'll tell you what I'd like. I wish he would just meet me at the door, take me in his arms and whisper, honey, I missed you. And then he'd lead me into the dining room where he's laid the table with that red and gold cloth with the little French country roosters. And he's lit one, no two, no a whole candelabra, just all filling the room with this warm, lovely glow. And then he takes me in his arms and he kisses me and he says, but that's not all. And he dances me into the kitchen where he's laid out a whole cornucopia of, of, of beautiful items all across the counter. Everything from gourmet cheeses to little nibbly crackers all the way up to a crown roast stuffed with apples and cranberries. And Oh, wait, wait, wait. That, that is so unrealistic. I know what he did. I bet he went to Whole Foods because he knows I'm on a diet. 
and he got one of those platters of organic vegetables and fruit all ripe and dripping with dew and those little tasty, nutritious side dishes. Just, ugh, we can't afford that. No, that's, oh, I know. I bet he went to save more and went to the deli counter where that nice man with the hairnet over his beard lives. And he got us one of those platters of, of like, deli meats and cheeses and um, some crackers and some, oh, coconut water, because he knows I love it, and dark chocolate. And, oh, my word, I w- did you realize I am pulling into the driveway already? I can't believe that. Ooh, I wonder if he got me flowers, like a whole bouquet of red. No yellow, no red and yellow roses that smell glorious, like when you walk into an anthropology store and you're smacked by that aroma of clean, creative orderliness. And, oh, 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 Jan, I'm at the door. I got to go in. But listen, um, I'll just call you later and tell you what happened. And Hey, say hi to Greg for me. Okay, bye-bye. Hi, honey. I'm home. Honey? Honey? Hey, smell that? What is that? I took the cap off the septic tank. I'm letting it out gas. Uh, Smells like a sewer in here. Well, I told you it'd be a night we'd never forget. Hell, you do know what night it is. One in which we're going to eat takeout Chinese in the car because it smells so bad in here. It's Valentine's. Oh, crap. Uh, No pun intended. I thought you said tonight was going to be, you know, special. Oh, it is. I mean special good, not special bad. I'm sorry. Come Uh, here. I don't know where your hands have been. I thought you said your love language was touch. Not tonight. Sorry. I just thought you were going to know, oh, make me a romantic dinner. I'm a terrible cook. How would I do that? I don't know. I just had it in my head and... I just wish you'd put some effort into... I did. I cleaned the poop out of the sewer line. That is not the same thing. Well, okay. Well, it is kind of, but... I could have been sitting on the couch eating guacamole and chips and watching the game. I mean, at least I was doing something for us. Yeah. Why don't I get a shower? We'll go out to eat. No, because all the reservations will be taken and we'll end up eating Sundays at McDonald's. That's okay. I mean, that'll be like our first date. What? Yeah, our first date, Sundays at McDonald's. Oh, that's right. I remember you had on these these tight jeans and this white t-shirt, and you got a blob of chocolate right here on your chest, and I instinctively reached out to dab it with my napkin. And I about knocked you off your chair. It was pretty awkward. But it was funny. Oh, my gosh, you were so funny. Was I? Yeah, because you would say these dumb things, and then as you heard the words come out of your mouth, you realized how they sounded. You'd immediately start apologizing. It was just, oh my gosh, I laughed a lot. Let's do it. Sundays at McDonald's? Yeah, well, maybe we can have the main course somewhere else, but yeah, Sundays at McDonald's. I just want to be with you. Thank you. And look on the bright side. We can flush the toilet now. Well, not exactly a bouquet of roses, but I'll take it. Happy Valentine's. Valentine's starts after you take a shower. Got it. And Hal? Yeah? I love you. I love you, too. Happy Valentine's. (laughs) I hope you didn't hear me laughing in the middle of that. That was fantastic. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's really funny. I love that. I think it just gets at the... (laughs) 
the ridiculousness <laughs> of marriage where you're dealing with expectation. So um, the one of the habits that um, highly happy couples fall into is they have realistic expectations mm-hmm. of each other. And unhappy, the struggling couples, 60% of them had unrealistic expectations and were either angry or mad or, you know, just out of joint because of those unrealistic expectations, you know. And so they just walk around mad. So I think, you know, one of the habits is just kind of understanding who your spouse is and realizing (laughs) they're probably, you know, if they can't cook, they are probably not going to make you a gourmet meal. (laughs) At least they can fix the toilet for you. They can fix the you toilet know. for you. It's important, too. Exactly. <laughs> there are some other habits you all had talked about recently that, that stuck out to me. Um, of course, you had talked about praying together. You talked about observing the Sabbath together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, there's a funny story there because we were, okay, we were ministering all over the place. And we were just saying yes to everything. And it was a wonderful period of ministry. But we were exhausted. And I remember we were at Trinity University up in Chicago, and I just felt God putting it on my heart. And so I, in red, circled all of the Sundays and just put Sabbath. And I showed it to Carol, and I said, this is what our life should look like. Mm. And I want to be really quick to say we don't mean this in a legalistic way. It's just like, where are we resting? Yeah. Right. And Carol looked at me, and she goes, that looks great. I have no idea. Idea how we could ever get there. Uh, yeah. And so I was like, well, I think we need to. And so then we, a few months later, how, long, how much later was it, Carol? It was, it was a good number of months later. Okay. But we were, um, actually, we were going to speak in Asbury Chapel. This oh, was nice. before we were teaching wow. here. And there was a woman named Marva Dawn who had um, written a book called Celebrating Sabbath Holy, mm. W-H-O-L-L-E-Y. Mm. And... Um, and she was gonna she was gonna be speaking in chapel, and we were gonna do a piece. And she was gonna speaking about brokenness and how God's power works out of our brokenness. Mm-hmm. So we had a piece that would be appropriate for that. And so she came in, and she um, she was it was her first uh, presentation after having a kidney tr- uh, transplant, and she had some other issues. So she kind of had some difficulty walking. She was um, legally blind, and so. She was going to be on the platform with us uh, because she couldn't enter up and in. So we said, okay, we're just flexible, whatever. So we do our piece, and I'm seeing her move toward the front. Now, I've given you a list of all the things she was Mm -hmm. dealing with. I'm thinking, how in the world is she going to hold the attention of this packed chapel of students? College students, yeah. And so she just kind of, I always use the word, kind of schlepped her way to the front stay in, stay for a moment, takes a breath and starts quoting scripture and the power that filled the room. And there was, you could have heard a pin drop. Mm. Everyone is just like listening because out of this woman came the power of God. And so I want to know, like, how does that work? Now, I knew it was the Lord, but how, you know, mm. what is, what's she doing? <laughs> so I followed her over to the seminary where she had a Q&A with the seminary students. And they started asking questions about this whole Sabbath thing. And I remember one seminary student went, uh, Miss John, like, yeah, I, we read the book, right? Yeah, that's all great. But we're seminary students. And we work on Sundays to serve the Lord in <laughs> churches. So, like, we can't do that. And so she just said, well... I started keeping Sabbath while I was writing my dissertation. So wow. if I can do it, 
think you can do it. And it is one of the big 10. So I think we should keep it. <laughs> and so she then outlined some of the things she did to put aside 24-hour period, whatever day of the week, yeah. to rest and to um, do it as unto the Lord um, and had a worry basket, just throw anything you're worried about that you're missing into the basket. And what this gives you is great wisdom. It gives you a sense of perspective. And so I came back to Jim and I go, I got this idea. We should start keeping Sabbath. And, and I was like, really? <laughs> sounds okay, familiar. That sounds, yeah. Yeah. I didn't say I told you so. I was like, that's right. awesome. So we tell couples about where keeping Sabbath reduces stress. It allows God to replenish you. I mean, he gives a blessing with that commandment. How in the world did Jesus do what he was doing for three years? He kept Sabbath. He made it clear it was the spirit of the Sabbath, not legalistic. But yet that was something he kept that I think blessed him and enabled him. So that's what we talk to couples about, and it yeah. seems to really resonate. Mm. It does because couples, part of the backbiting comes from the stress, and oh, yeah. the stress comes from never stopping. Mm -hmm. And so if you have places where you're playing again or having fun mm -hmm. or just taking a nap mm -hmm. or whatever it might be, you know, this just doesn't feel like work to yeah. you. So how many years now has that been for you guys where you've kind of come to this realization, yeah. wow, we need a day of I rest? It's like 15. Okay, yeah. at wow. 15, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 20. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's really important. Yeah. 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 And I would say, you know, if people are listening and they're like, oh, my gosh, one more thing for me to do. Right. It's like you can do two half days. Mm -hmm. And not every week are you going to be able, you know, you have stuff come up where you're just like, yeah. well, that Sabbath just went out the window. But it's being aware of it and just understanding where you're extending beyond yourself and you need, you're going to need to stop. We're not wired to keep going 24-7. Yeah. But I would say when we skip it because of whatever I feel like it's a gift I missed, and mm -hmm. I feel it the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. So it does yeah. make a difference. Yeah, I think when, when you're less stressed all the time, you can just enjoy your time together so much better. You can just enjoy each other better. So how, how does that work? What, how would you encourage couples? Well, well, we're getting ready to do a family life cruise. Uh, they charter uh, a, a whole ship. A whole ship. Nice. And, and it becomes a marriage conference. And so we're going to suffer for the Lord. No, but we're... <laughs> No, we're performing on it. So we're, you know, kind of a speaker. And one of the speakers that we're writing a theater piece for is Ted Cunningham, who talks a lot about having fun in mm -hmm. your marriage, of just playing mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. laughing together. So um, I created a, a piece. It's about a couple that we're having a, a younger couple come with us on this cruise. And they're playing a couple who've been married for five years. Uh -huh. And they are at the place where they're realizing it's not fun anymore. They've got little kids. <laughs> yeah. They don't know how to talk to each other anymore besides the business stuff. Right. And it's really it's struggling. And so we, we, uh, we play a Scottish couple um, that old Scottish couple that have escaped from the senior tour because they were moving too slow. That's right. So we're, we're on an adventure. Aye, we're, we're, we're hiding out. He's rented a car. We're going to go on our own adventure. Yeah. But we kind of pick up what this couple is, is struggling with. And, um, and so they, they want to know, like, you know, can you even enjoy each other again? And, can we hear and it? I said, sure you can. So... This couple has a little, you know, five on a piece of cake, a little candle. And so we know that it's been five years and and we're joking around. And so they, they want to know how long we've been married. 
And they find out it's been 60 years. And so she says, well, well how, how were you able to do that? How were we able to last so long? For 60 years? Well, we forgot to die. <laughs> but also, faith in God, a lot of prayer. I, and I know you're talking about um, how you'd like to know how you can enjoy each other again. And I could give you a lot of answers, and they all have to do with love. But when it comes to enjoying yourself, well, you just got to laugh. Oh, yeah. You got to find your own sense of humor and bring it to the party each and every day. Uh, you know, try to make the other person laugh. That's the secret of love. Secret of laughter. Make it about the other person and not yourself. Aye, he's been making me laugh for the last 40 years once we got back together. Aye, yeah. Uh, well, a lot of prayer went into that. I never left her again. Aye, it's a good thing, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's great. I love it. Old couples have the most wisdom, I think. In, in most cases, it's, it's good to learn from yeah. them, fictional or, or not. <laughs> well, let's close with this, guys. You, you touched on a few things that I just want to hit really quickly. So you, you both said how at different times in your marriage, God told you you need rest. And I think that's another thing couples a lot of times fail to recognize. Like, I think we expect there to just be this like lightning bolt that's going to hit us both at the same time. This is what you have to do. But really, it could be more subtle than that. You both sort of came to that realization at a different time and then mm -hmm. came together. Yeah. And I, I think one of the, um, I think a big thing that we try to bring throughout all that we do with ministry is about how we can't make the other person change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to focus your prayers on, God, if you could just change him, then I'd be okay. But it's when we turn and we ask God to change our own hearts. And if both of us are doing that, then you do have those realizations. Then you mm -hmm. are malleable. Then you are able to turn to forgiveness. And you are able to enjoy each other. So one of the things that Maddie says in that is, is it's enjoying each other. That's one of the blessings of God in our marriage you know, we give it, have each other, even through the hard days. And that's what makes them better. Mm. Um, so all of this weaves together. Um, but, you know, when we come together, it is a blessing to be married. Yeah. And I would say, I would finish up by just saying our marriage is a legacy that we leave for those who are around us, our kids, our family, our neighbors. I mean, the culture. I mean, people are looking at us and you know, are you going to stay together because the family is the smallest unit of culture mm. and our kids need us? And um, so it the nice thing is that um, with some of the studies that have been done, that even a struggling marriage, even if one of the partners starts working on their marriage actively, that a year later they've moved up into the happy, happy uh, or okay. highly happy category. Even if only one. Even, even if, if only, only one. one. Yeah. But, you know, if one is working on it, it's not long until the other one's like, all right, what Something's are you? Up. Something's yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, those are wonderful tips, you all. And, uh, you know, we're blessed to have you here at Asbury, but how can others find you and follow you? So we have a website, which is Acts of Renewal, A-C-T-S, actsofrenewal.com. And that's a very easy way to find out more about us. You can see some video clips and just probably find out more than you want to know about us. But, <laughs> um, yeah, and we just love to share our ministry wherever going yeah. on a cruise with you sounds fantastic sound <laughs> yeah but we we go into churches uh do conferences small and, and large small yeah. and large okay. and just love to be with people get them to laugh 
teach him some things and minister and see how the Holy Spirit shows up. Yeah. And then just real quick, I know you both teach here at Asbury. Mm-hmm. Um, Carol, you teach theater, so you I have do. something coming up this spring. We do. I teach acting and directing. We have a really fun production that's coming up, perfect for lifting the doldrums of winter, and that is The 39 Steps, which is Hitchcock suspense meets ridiculous comedy farce a delight. And it opens February 22nd through 24th. It's two weekends. And the second weekend is February 28th through March 2nd. We hope everyone comes and just laughs and has fun. Oh, I can't wait. And then, Jim, what about you? What do you have coming up in the communication yeah, department? Well, communication, I'm so excited because we just passed a sport communication concentration within the major. And so we have a big athletic program here, Mm -hmm. such a good athletic program. And so this trains people to be kind of the sports uh, communication specialist uh, in any situation. You know, they're the go-between, they're the glue of the organization Mm -hmm. communication-wise. And it's going to allow some students who maybe aren't going to play professional sports, but they want to stay in the sports world Mm -hmm. as their career choice, but they're good at communication, they're good at writing, they like people. This gives some wonderful training and provides that space for people career-wise. Yeah, that's great. Well, Asbury is definitely the place to do that for sure. So you can go to the Olympics. There's a lot of things they can do. Well, thank you both for your time. I really appreciate it. This was great, and I hope that couples benefit from it. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of This is Asbury. To learn more about Asbury University, visit asbury.edu.